1: BFM 89.9, the business station. My name is Rich Bradbury and welcome to Tech Talk this morning. Um, Well, our next guest is an expert on many uh, topics, but a topic many of us are still somewhat skeptical of or unsure of even uh, even what it is, the metaverse. Jason Lowe is the uh, co-founder of Virtual Tech Frontier, a company that's been building metaverses for brands like Patronus and Mercedes-Benz. He's confident that this sunrise industry is about to take off. He even wrote a book on the Metaverse and they've just launched metoworld.io a Metaverse building platform where you can build your own Metaverse with a simple drag and drop method, making it easier than ever to create your own Metaverse and take your business into the future the first of its kind in this world welcome to the show Jason. Hey hi Richard so happy to be here again I think it's been
0: a few years since I've been back Yeah. yeah writing the same booth, <laughs> doing a different type of interviews. We've had a bit of a <laughs> strange
1: period in between
0: yeah. though, right? what were you doing in that period Period. Uh, so we have already been like uh, building virtual experiences. So a little bit background of uh, me and my co-founders, like what mm-hmm. we've been doing. We have been involved in the marketing and, and like, advertising industry for the past eight to nine years already. And for us, we do focus more on the immersive technology part in marketing, yeah. meaning how do you engage with users better digitally? Mm-hmm. You know, what sort of activities they do? So hence why we have been building like AR, augmented reality, virtual reality, even gamification solutions mm-hmm. for corporate enterprises, particularly to allow brands to engage with their users better. So when the pandemic hit, that's when everything was just flat and our brands started coming back to us and asked us: is the, are there better ways to engage with like our thousands of our consumers across right. Malaysia? Yeah. That's better than Zoom, for example. Because Zoom yeah, is, there Zoom something is not, better than a webinar. Is something Zoom Zoom a webinar correct. Yeah, yeah. So then we started to go a bit crazy with the idea, that was before like, Facebook became meta, yet. Yeah? That was yeah. like literally in 2020. And uh, my CTO at the time just decided oh yeah, why, why don't we create this virtual world and let's just have all these different people logging into a virtual space via the, the web browser and do stuff. What? Like that was just <laughs> that one liner and I was like who wants a virtual world? Things like, but we, we tried it anyway we did a huge pitch deck to it showed brands and they absolutely loved it. They were like oh this is definitely better than mm. a YouTube streaming or even Facebook live streaming you know many of them tried that didn't get the results they want um, and beyond that what else can you really do on, on a 2D website for example Right, because at that point it's either you have a Facebook page or you have your 2D website, and you're stuck, right? Mm-hmm. No physical activations, mm-hmm. this kind of thing. So we really started uh, doing all these sort of like virtual engagements during the pandemic, uh, during the whole pandemic. And when, you know, Facebook changed their name to Meta, and then Mark Zuckerberg came and released this whole video about the Metaverse, how everyone's going to be involved in the virtual, world, how from a 2D Facebook they're going to interact in, in with Facebook in, in 3D and things like that. That really brought a lot of our uh, brands and customers under our company mm. interested in the Metaverse. Mm. They immediately told. Like, well, what is this? Well, how, how can I have one? didn't they're not even sure what is it, but their first take as like, you know, early adopters and innovators of their own respective companies, they would just want to be in no matter what. You yeah. see, that's
1: the thing. You know, you see people queuing up for something. And even before knowing what they're queuing up for, you want to be in the part of you want to be in that queue. Mm-hmm. Do, do you understand what I mean? Yeah, right? yeah. Yep. So I, I guess my first question then is, and I think there is misunderstanding from a lot of people and, and confusion about As to what the metaverse is And as I said to you just outside I think it depends on who you ask And when you ask what the metaverse is. Some people will have one answer, other people will have a different answer. Uh, some people saying it's just the internet tagged on with, with AR and VR. What's your take on it? What, what to you is the metaverse? Yep, yep. Um, so as an author <laughs> as an author
0: of literally a metaverse book myself, uh, I think the easiest way that I, I put from the beginning of the book an explanation, it's a virtual world where you use avatars to interact with, right? But to break uh, that sentence down a little bit deeper, Uh, Metaverse, at the end of the day, it's it's something I would uh, call it in a software layer of technology, right? So, uh, example, a website is some form of software. Mm. So, but how do you access a website? You can do it via a a, a mobile phone, mobile phone browser, a laptop browser, or even TVs these days, you can access websites. So, that's the same as how I'm talking about like the Metaverse. Like VR, like virtual reality is just a way of like, through a certain hardware, you put on the goggles, then you access a Metaverse via virtual reality, for example. Right. So in terms of VR or even AR, you know, you need the phone overlay and things like that. That falls more towards like um how you can actually access a technology rather the hardware part of things rather than like the software layer and for me the metaverse is always falls under what we call the software layer of category Mm. where um, it depends what are you going to use to access a a virtual world for example right Mm. and for our company because uh, rather than jumping straight into a virtual reality type of metaverse we decided to go on like a web browser sort of experience like you have a web url I'm just going to send it through whatsapp to you you can click on it and then your web browser will actually load a three world rather than a 2d website for example so I think the comparison between like a 2d website and how you have a 3d extension to it you can interact better with people in avatars I think that will be a very clear explanation mm-hmm. as to is it VR or not well, VR is true because it's the, how you access it mm-hmm. right as compared to like the software layer
1: itself which is the metaverse for example a few years ago there was um, a website called Second Life I'm sure you're aware of yeah yep. is it similar to that the idea that you're you're kind of talking about right okay. Now. yeah yeah definitely in fact second Life for example are one of the uh, most earliest
0: recognized mm. uh, kind of like a metaverse platforms mm. among like professionals and like technologies right uh, It's just that at the time they, they do not call it like metaverse yet, yeah. because the even though like uh, the novel came out, like long ago Snow Crash the, the first novel actually talks about them and the guy Neil Stephenson actually created the term metaverse yeah. uh, but many companies did not like like coin it as their form of technology yet, mm-hmm. at the time mm-hmm. and I think it's only very recently it became really popular because of like what meta is attempting to do mm. with the space and things like that but in essence uh, Second Life is uh, some sort of like early uh, an early embodiment of what the metaverse kind of is right virtual avatars you have all these virtual worlds but it's just that For something that has been around for quite some while, of course, some of the things that they are using, like the game engine that's running the graphics, uh, the feature sets, uh, are they like built towards mass adoption or Mm -hmm. is it still keeping at a very niche target audience? So,
1: those are the differences. I remember back in the day, it was um, slow, is one of the the words that springs (laughs) to mind. Um, And and it was kind of, it it didn't feel very accessible, you know, it felt like the the kind of place where. it was very niche at the time, I think, and and now it seems to be, the, the, like you say, the metaverse is something that everybody wants to be involved in one way or another. Brands in particular definitely want to be involved in it one way or another. But before we get to that, and I know that's something that, you know, we should focus on a little bit later... Um, And you briefly mentioned that during the pandemic you had this discussion, but how did you really get into building this? You know, how did you start doing it? Once you've decided this is something you want to do, you don't just sit around a a room and scribble it down on a napkin. You know, (laughs) how did it start? Yep, right. So... Uh, fundamentally, I mean, the earlier days, if you're talking about like even
0: building a, a virtual world for a brand, for example, you, you do need a team of like what we call game programmers, people that has like game design backgrounds, game technology. It's not something any like software engineer is going to graduate from and like, oh, I'm, I know how to build like a metaverse, right? So in, in regards to recruiting talent that has the fundamentals of game building sort of like technology, um, um, that, that's where we our team have already been strong because we have been building what we call immersive technology for brands that utilize all these interactions Mm. through game engines. Mm. So one of the main game engines that we use is like Unity 3D, for example. Uh, We also use a bit of Unreal Engine here and there for Mm. for the technology uh, listeners out there, right? So through that, that is when you start to like uh, plan something. Um, Earlier on when Meta came in and things like that, I I would like to say like VTF's direction towards uh, building metaverses for people have kind of changed towards what led to Mito World. Uh, earlier on, we you know we've been building a lot of like big metaverses for a lot of brands and companies out there. So, but... The brands that you've mentioned, or if you go to our website to check, there are huge uh, MNCs, huge uh, Fortune 500 companies with big, deep pockets and big budgets and mm-hmm, things like that. Mm-hmm. And we do realize if we continuously build custom virtual spaces for people, uh, money is kind of okay. You know, as a software house, any software technology they build for people is going to potentially give you good returns. However, um, uh, our recent, in, uh, my recent investor, uh, Kylie Ng for Five Hundred Global, was just telling me like, oh, Jason, it's great that you're building custom rules or big brands but the true goal is how do you enable it for many people everyone can an SME afford what you charged um, um, Omega, for example. And I was like, definitely not. Like this has to be something, Mm, mm. uh, you know, it's expensive, it's new. So it's very expensive. Like an average cost for a a custom metaverse would give you up to 100,000 US dollars, for example. And that already really cuts off access to the majority of like business owners out there. So the the idea of like building MetaWorld, for example, uh, how we transition from, you know, just having a bunch of game developers building very custom projects for really huge brands out there, um, our investors, um, their narrative for us is just just simple. How do you enable the metaverse to be a technology accessible by everyone? How do you really focus on that like, inclusivity so that it's not like, oh, only rich people can be afforded and things like that, right? So the only way for any technology company to really drive down prices and, and enable ease of adoption is definitely to put everything like on the platform. Hence why for the past half half year, we decided, okay, you know uh, 500 Global came as an investor, they have a goal of, us wanting us to build something that can enable everyone to access it and our solution to that through like months of planning and of course competitive analysis and things like that arrived into like MitoWorld, which is like a no-code uh, software as a service platform you come in you subscribe to MitoWorld, then next thing you know in under 15 minutes like the fastest person that actually used MitoWorld to churn up a world and put it on a website was like literally 15 minutes <laughs> I just shared the link 15 minutes later uh, this uh, partner from Vietnam and all the way from Vietnam somewhat, right shared a video oh this is my world I've already inputted all my digital assets into the space decorated the whole 3D environment and this is my avatar running around in my 3D environment right now so this was like pretty impressive for us so breaking the barriers of like adoption and accessibility has always been the goal on how we see the metaverse industry could thrive in the future mm. because if it's so expensive and only game developers know how to do it then we will definitely have a lot of bottlenecks like even early on we had that conversations right you say oh are you like adopted into the metaverse yet and then they'll give you oh why no time technical challenges those are the typical things mm, you hear mm, any companies out there mm, and this is uh, not how we are trying to really enable the industry to, to grow forward
1: in the future all right hold that thought let's take a short break folks I'm in the studio with uh, Jason Lowe the co-founder of virtual tech frontier a company that's been building metaverses for brands like Patronus and Mercedes-Benz they've just launched metoworld.io a metaverse building platform where you can build your own metaverse with a simple drag and drop method don't go anywhere you tune in into tech talk here On BFM eighty nine point nine, the business station. Breakfast for Masters, BFM eighty nine point nine. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. My name is Rich Bradbury. I'm in the studio with Jason Lowe, the co-founder of Virtual Tech Frontier. They've just launched MitoWorld.io. It's a metaverse building platform where you can build your own metaverse with a simple drag and drop method, making it easier than ever to create your own metaverse and take your business into the future. I suppose one of the questions that people tuning in right now and listening to, hearing you talk about how originally you were creating metaverses for individual brands, their own metaverse, so to speak. MitoWorld.io is now um, something available to everybody. Price point, you know, what what kind of prices would we be looking at for people who wanted to get involved, and in SMEs and MSMEs who might be interested in doing this? How much would it cost them? Right. So, so um, the initial uh, method of us doing a, like a pricing strategy
0: is we look at okay, what are the things that every business must have right now, no no matter what, mm-hmm. and of course the answer will be their own corporate website. You know, I at least need to have a website because that is my business's like digital identity in the whole grand scheme of the internet right yeah. that is is my digital address and then we were looking at how much people are actually paying for websites for example um, so usually the price range is maybe a, a very uh, affordable corporate website it would be about 5,000 ringgit a year plus a hosting domain building the, the base structure and things like that right so we really took cues from like, um, like web web building partners how much they charge and things like that and we try to keep it to that sort of price point so it, uh, in Mito world itself right now the price point is either you can choose so for events and uh, very short-term companies, uh, we have like a monthly subscription of $100, $100 US a month. Or if companies that want to use it for very long-term purposes, this is when you get $1,000 a year to actually get subscribed into the platform. Mm-hmm. Thus, cutting down, I think, like more than 90% of what it would cost for a custom studio to build a very custom project for a specific brand. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong, we still have a lot of bigger brands that, you know, they look at the whole subscription and they're like, okay, I know my budget is beyond $1,000 only, so what else can I do with like more and things like that, right? right? So in terms of our business model currently, we definitely do have a free subscription tier for any platform companies. You got to have a free subscription tier just to get people's get people, people involved, wear, you know, in so there, they, yeah. they see that. Oh. So a lot of POCs can happen very, very quickly right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's The features are good enough for any companies to do a POC, a proof of concept, to just show to management, for example, which last time it'll take it like maybe a month to just do a POC. Our recent POCs comes out in like two hours or even less than that I've had Mm. POCs last night which just took me 30 minutes to build for example and immediately the whole management team just, just got it you know they just see it and they were like ah so this is what the Metaverse can do for my business in terms of like mm-hmm. interactivity so the free tier is always there then you move on to the monthly tier or the yearly tier which I've mentioned but for brands and customers that have you know bigger bucks to spend for more interesting experiences then we have like the enterprise custom sort of like method that we're still taking in some uh, projects in and things like and that and that includes all support and
1: stuff for yes, yes, subscription or,
0: or everything that is on Mito will, will be
1: included in, in that right, sort of right, like right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay um, so you, you briefly touched on it there that you know know management saw it and they immediately got it for for their brand brings about that simple question then um what benefits really does it have for businesses what does the metaverse bring that you know current solutions don't already offer you know we have social media we have uh, websites Websites, we have the usual stuff yep yep what is it about the metaverse that you think um will make brands stand apart from others apart from being a part of it yep so one of the, uh,
0: because of our involvement with building all these virtual worlds for earlier on, right, for the bigger brands and things like that, we do realize that uh, most of the time people still really use the Metaverse for like marketing initiatives where it's if, if either you're going to grab like uh, eyeballs, impressions or like grab more market share towards getting involved. Because if you really look at all these well, or how brands are actually doing marketing mm. on, on digital, right? You say digital is, wow, the main Everything you know, you've got to focus on that. But then you go into a website and you look at the websites like marketing campaigns. What do you really actually get out of it? Right, like right. FMCG brands, like what is the best campaign you will see out of that? Upload a receipt. I don't know, answer some slogan and quiz. Then click submit. Like what's going on there? It's been thirty. The internet has been around for thirty years, and yeah. the best things that brands can do these days to really engage with audiences is upload the receipt from, from, from a retail store purchase, for example, right? Beyond that, actually, what can you really do on Facebook except putting out of information? So we do see a lot of like engagements disconnect from there. And when we do a lot of these kind of like custom campaigns and projects for big brands, uh, we have seen huge increase of like engagements and interactions within like a virtual space. For example, we recently did like a career fair a huge career fair um, in the metaverse so it's like a metaverse career fair with one of partners like Hiredly uh, and, and we saw like a really long time spent by the youths in the career fair example like interactions on the website I mean based on like Google Analytics the average range of time people actually spend in a corporate website might be like 50 seconds to a minute mm-hmm. and that's like pretty good yeah. already like, you know <laughs> imagine scrolling for a minute in a website that's like wow but for example like our Metaverse career fair had engagements up to 20 to 30 minutes for each individual so they stuck around because they literally stuck around because of some, a lot of the because it's in 3D right so when you have when you access a 3D space the the, the ability to enable like spatial type of like engagements mm. the 3D environments you can do a lot of like gamification strategies mm, mm, mm. that uh, that you cannot do on a 2D website like again 2D website it just it's a very one to one interaction, right? Yeah. I'm gonna click a picture, I'm gonna click a video. I have nothing else to do there. Mm-hmm. But in a virtual space with avatars, you have multiplayers, you have different people you're meeting, you have the brand employees sticking around, talking, and do you do these kind of shows, integration? So all these kind of activities are something that is only possible
1: uh via like like a, a, a gamification uh, uh, sorry, a three D virtual world itself. Is is it though, or is it because it's something new? Because I mean that could be is it is the stickiness because it's something new and they're not used to seeing that and then Therefore, they have that whole, oh, this is interesting. I'm going to stick around a little bit longer. And, And that's what kind of is something that concerns me, whether or not the metaverse itself is something that is great right now because we're intrigued in it. It's something new. We haven't seen it. Will that kind of interest die off, though, do you think?
0: Uh, I think we need to look at it at like what are the alternatives instead, for example. I mean it being new is o- I mean that's always a pass point of a new technology. Yeah. That I'm just gonna base base in its advantages, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's because it's new. That's why it pushes like a better engagement interaction, even if it's for now. Because if you do not choose like a new technology to get involved in, what's what's your alternative? You go back to your website campaigns anyway, that's gonna give you like maybe half half ROIs and things like that, yeah, right? Yeah. But the the question in 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 this, like Richard, it's it's when we when we used to pitch to bigger companies or any SMEs and you tell them that, oh, this is some engagement improvement thing, but it's going to cost you $100,000. Yeah. That's when they're going to, oh, will yeah. this last? Can yeah. I do a lot of things? You know, then this is a lot of questions are going to start to pop yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hence why the, the direction of moving to mid world where, you know, we're going to put it at a price point. We're also paying for your website anyway. And if you're already paying maybe even more than like $1,000 a year just for your website and the engagement for your website, everything is like flat. Your marketing head has no idea how they're going to revive it anyway. What are, the, what are the alternatives out there for you to you mm. know, continue to grow and drive growth in the space and mm. things like that? I think that's one aspect of looking at it, right? Like it, It's a very different question when a business owner have to consider between, is it $100,000 or is it just going to be like $1,000 a year so it's a couple hundred ringgit a month, right? Mm. But the second most important um Uh, findings that I have when I've been working with different projects and organisations is definitely targeting towards Gen Z engagements, right? Because there are a lot of brands that are struggling to get new market share from Generation Z people, right? Because they are so involved in games, mobile phones, and things like that. And it, their attention span is different. In attention span is very different. Like, when, you, when I hear people, like, telling me, oh, Jason, like, man, you know, I got to log in. I'm not going to do something for 10 minutes. There. I'm there to find an information and get out mm-hmm. of the website, right? Mm-hmm. But but for me, I mean, you can say that as someone from, like, being a millennial, like, that's how we are being trained towards, So, But if looking towards, like, the trend moving forward, we do notice a lot of, like, Gen Zs who just really prefer to have more engagement. They want to feel like more uh, interactions with the brand, being more immersive. in the certain, They care more about experiences rather than like getting efficiency across, for example, and things like that. So we're also not saying that we should replace this with a website. You know, website is still going to be there. But for that, other category of target audience, this is where the metaverse is gonna be an add-on, right? It's mm. gonna be an add-on engagement, it's gonna gonna cost you a fraction of whatever it used to be. So this would definitely be a great strategy to consider, especially if your brands are targeting like youths, younger generations. Hence why so we did like a, a campaign like Nestle also, because Gen Z's are also not really on like Facebook and a lot of the main social media primarily these days. So they still need other ways to engage them and just doing a marketing campaign or upload a receipt or answer some slogan and quiz on the website again just doesn't cut it also for these Mm. kind of Gen Z
1: people right? Do you think it's also because there's an element of it being a third space as well I mean you know we have work we have home and then people may choose to either game that's their third space they may choose to go to a cafe that's their third space Mm. you know and a metaverse for some people is, is their third Space Is an element of that, do you think? Yep, definitely. So, hence why, in terms
0: of the metaverse, I mean, um, comparing, like example, when people ask, "Isn't the marriage just another game?" Right, right, right. Like then, then what's the point of it? if It's just another MMORPG yeah. and things like that. But f- for me, the, uh, how where we're moving towards is to really make um, the metaverse as like a serious like software industry where things are real. You know, you have some economics going in there. You have some integrations where commerce, metaverse commerce, we're talking about it. Some of our brands already are already integrating some of their e-commerce solutions in the space. So you come into the space, you actually interact. Like like imagine. I just realized, right, um, many brands that I'm working with actually do have like 3D versions of their products. They will do some renders of their products. However, when they do it in 3D, it will always be like a picture on the e-commerce right. site or a picture <laughs> at the end of the day, it just becomes a picture, right? Yeah, yeah. But because in our platform, Meto world, we enable like 3D file uploads and things like that. So the way you can actually position and showcase your, your product, for example, is going to give a next level of like dimension for people to interact, look at it, maybe up, down, left, right, even side sizing Sizing can be accurate as compared to like you know how e-commerce a lot of mm, things don't mm. come according to size and things like that, right? So in terms of this kind of perception, it really gives that layer of like uh, interaction between the users and the brand before they maybe commit to buy something out, right? Yeah. Yeah. So these are still some of the advantages why maybe people would love to, you know, get involved and interact more in sort of like a virtual space before they commit to, to something, for example.
1: One of the discussions that I have um, with other people about the metaverse, and, and if we look at the metaverse as um, rather than it just being the, the me too world. Uh, um, is the idea of, of it being an expansive thing a, a global thing almost and we talk about the economy of this future metaverse and part of that economy is, is stuff like art and currency and one thing or another and of course it kind of brings along that question of stuff like nfts and, and blockchain technology how would that would that be incorporated into a meter world at some point as well do you think
0: Okay, so an interesting point when we started building MitoWorld is to enable a lot of its like uh, its infrastructure to be as open as possible right So that means that we have uh, many ways to integrate different APIs or SDKs into the platform uh, to, to enable more things in the future. So what that means for example, is that recently we have we had like an FNB client mm. and the FNB client just decided, okay, I'm gonna show all my food <laughs> I'm gonna show all my food in the metaverse and I'm gonna show, do some social media campaigns in the metaverse itself. Mm. So mm. you do live streaming as an avatar walking around. so different ways of doing like social media content right? But beyond that we even like integrated like a foot panda and grab delivery. Uh, option inside oh very so, cool so, yeah so if after everyone completed whatever they needed to complete in the space uh, they can like, okay I'm gonna like order the food now with this promo code that uh-huh. I've gotten from my interaction in the space itself so that you do get that sort of like orders and ROI's in right yeah. Yeah. so what that means also beyond that is that uh, we have also been approached with a lot of like web three companies like blockchain companies mm. or even huge companies like Metamask Metamask is under the group consensus yeah. so we consensus even talk about, oh how, how what if we start to integrate all this sort of like web three uh, plugins into the system and things like that, right? So integrating things like NFTs or even like other like uh, crypto wallets or anything within the Web3 space is always, always doable and we already have like quite a number of like companies talking about integrating all these kind of solutions in. This is then users will have different options in their subscription. especially either they want to do things in crypto. In fact, you can even log into the platform right now via a uh, uh, Metamask wallet or crypto wallet yep, they detect the identity and we're even talking to another crypto payment gateway to enable our subscriptions to be sold in crypto for example you can buy our rather than US dollars you actually subscribe in Ethereum mm. right things like that so being an open platform like this is has been very important and the foundation of our infrastructure building because we know that if you expect a, a small team of Malaysians to continuously to build something so big that you can rival Meta in the future mm. it's just going to be a long shot right but be opening up the ecosystem getting on these kind of different partners and integrations into your whole ecosystem, I think then that we could stand a chance to actually like compete in the global market. Giving as many options as Mm, you possibly can. Yes, definitely, definitely, yeah. I mean, that's the whole point of being an open virtual space, right? Yeah. It should not be limited towards, like if you look at my competitors, okay, out there, like, ooh, very crypto-based, you need to buy an NFT land. Then what do you get in the land? You get an empty land. Then you need to find someone to build it. And then things just get really complicated. The adoption Mm, is not there. A lot of the Web3 players that I meet they care more about their community. As much as they talk about community, but they still focus to build something only for their community. And when they talk about like Web2, they're like, oh, normies. You know, you hear this kind of words, slang, ah, normies, you don't know, you don't know lah. Like, why, why? Like, it's not for you anyway, right? Mm. But I think the true future is like, are you a company that's able to bridge the adoption, getting, you know, taking it simple, layman, get a web tool to understand, and then go in and slowly how are going to introduce all these different web three elements? in. I think that's how you can also eventually grow the, the pie for yeah, the web three sure, market itself. Sure. Yeah.
1: So uh, I've got a couple of questions before I, I, I let you go. And I, I guess one of them is, is if brands and companies were interested in doing this, you know, and they weren't as tech savvy as, as you know, many companies are. Uh, and you say it, it's, drag and drop. It's it's fairly reasonable. It's fairly easy to do. What barriers do you think there might be for people who might want to come across this? And one of the things that I have, and I've interviewed so many entrepreneurs and SMEs, is that there are some companies who are like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know, and we don't want to digitalize too quickly. We don't want to do all of these things. I'm worried about my security. I'm worried about my data. What do you think for you, you see as hurdle for these companies getting in, involved in the metaverse
0: right um, as easy as I would like it to sound like you know I, I there's this joke right, that I, I, I told MDAC recently they were asking, oh metaverse is very complicated what's going on here and I told MDAC oh, yeah, the way we do our platform is so easy even a child could use it Like I was like telling MDAC that <laughs> next thing you know I'm already involved in a project to train children how to build metaverses with MDAC they're like oh you say so then we're gonna do right, it and I'm right, like right. oh okay man I'm gonna own up to my words right but jokes aside um we, we found like that the main reasons for adoption technically is not about, uh, okay, I mean, making it easy is one thing. So we've accomplished that. Mm. But it's definitely time. For example, we talk about people. We talk to like uh, even like uh, my PR firm earlier on, like why are they not in? It's mostly because uh, is there someone dedicated to go and like build the world? Like, you know, are you going to assign a graphic designer or a marketing fellow to, okay, go uh, for the next month, your KPI, you're going to go and build a metaverse, go and figure out how, the, how to do it and things mm-hmm. like that, right? So most companies don't have that sort of direction yet. But if you do have the resource to do it, that will be it, right? But in order to uh, go to the even beyond this kind of like time solution things like that uh, lies deeply in our go to market strategy. So our first even before Mito was launched, right, we already knew this was going to happen. Like oh, all the worries, like a thousand and one worries that this sort of like early majority people is going like, to think about. Because we know not every company out there are like innovators and early adopters, right? They're going to worry one thousand things about it affecting whatever they have currently have. So our go to market strategy immediately from the get-go was to secure uh, partnerships mo partnerships in, for our distribution. So who are all these partners, for example? They are already web development agencies, creative agencies, and digital agencies. They already are actually quite familiar, but for any web agency or creative agency to even build a metaverse, again, you need a game studio previously to, to do it, right? But from the way we do it, at a, at a way it's, it's so simple to do, that all of these web Uh, companies, digital, creative, freelancers, right? A lot of creative, digital freelancers out there, they can also learn it because they take it as one of their, like a rice bowl, for example. It's a new revenue stream for them. So if you, follow Shopify, the e-commerce website, earlier on, they did very similar distribution strategies where they they gather all these web agencies and they tell them, okay, rather than building e-commerce website from scratch, Boom! Here's my here's my platform. You can use it easier. And now a lot of people are even using Wix to also build full blown websites yeah, for people. Yeah. So that exact same strategy is very uh, um, uh, working working very well for us because they like a web like uh, one of my uh, bigger web agency partners they already have built websites for 800 over corporate companies for example so they are the ones that already have all the assets they know their server their hosting their security requirements they are also in their procurement list and things like that so it gets the adoption way easier from a company that's already dealing with a vendor then only we're just like the platform that supports the mm-hmm. the, the, the adoption of it, right? Mm-hmm. So making it easy for our partners is very important to our partners because then our partners will be the one that will actually take it and push it to their regular clientele. So as... Uh, as at the end of the day, with someone regular a regular vendor proposing something like that, it's even cheaper right now. Right? It's not even. It's fast. It's cheap. It's gonna give you all this increase in conversions for marketing. It's like, come on, and like, like you're not even doing it anymore. So this is when uh, companies will probably just need to find time to secure some budgets mm. for these our partners to go and like work this out, right? Mm. So that's our strat our go to market strategy is
1: like working quite well for us right now too. Okay last question then and I guess it's not even a question it's like do you have any final words before I let you go we've got five minutes you know <laughs> five minutes or <of> final words is <laughs> longer than my launching you, speech you don't, need,
0: you don't need the whole five minutes
1: but you know I, I guess final words you know you can share about the, the metaverse and, and VTF's um, Involvement in that, I guess.
0: yep yeah. Um, I, I would like to share like an interesting story uh, that I, I experienced just a couple of weeks back. So I was in Singapore uh, for a Tencent Cloud conference recently. Uh, they invited me there, and they said they want to launch a metaverse related product. As I was there, uh, but something happened during that, that that session, which is more interesting than the launch itself, according to me. So I was like in, in this Fullerton Hotel in Singapore, and I was like having this buffet, uh, makan makan, you know, with with uh, with late an old lady actually Mm. she's really old and i asked oh how how old are you so she said she's 72 years old so we're literally talking about someone of the grandmother (laughs) grandmother age and she was oh so what do you do young man Mm. and i was so reluctant to tell her that oh i'm in the metaverse (laughs) right like how how am i going (laughs) to deal with that right imagine that right and i I give her my name card and immediately she was like oh so you're in the metaverse i was like yes i said oh you know about the metaverse young man, I'm already in four metaverses. Oh, wow. My first metaverse, I do this. My second metaverse, I do that. My third one, I do what? And she asked me back, what kind of metaverse are you? I'm like, oh wow, no, no one has ever like, reached that far in challenging me <laughs> in small talk. I'm like, what kind of metaverse am I doing? So I told her what this Mito world is about. And she was like, ooh. That was even before my launch, right? And she was like, oh, they'll they'll help for businesses. And she was so well aware of all these kind of things. And that shocked me a lot, right? Because you ask a 72-year-old in Malaysia, what was the metaverse? they like, what? They don't even know what's a game. (laughs) How are you going to? But my curiosity led me to question her deeper. Why do you even know so much about the metaverse? Like, why are you even informed metaverses? What's going on over here, right? And she she told me something interesting where she said that, oh, I owe it all to the government. The Singapore government has been huge in like pushing Singapore citizens on not getting left out with any new technologies. Mm, if mm. the new technology is going to come in, you're not you're not supposed to spend millions or thousands. Like if it's a new technology coming that all citizens could be involved in, it's a free account. Go figure. It, go try it out. At least you need to know something about it. Like that sort of like educational mindset towards like the whole country. She said is being pushed up very strongly and rapidly. Mm. They have like workshops on metaverses every wing, everywhere, free workshops. Right. So the government really spend money to get all this training. Not only Metaverse, of course, it will link to like NFTs, cryptos. So Co- she has like NFTs. It's like well. the whole thing, right? She ah. has NFTs, she has crypto, she has wallets. And she has like four Metaverse accounts in, in different, different. And like, oh my God, it's just like, oh, what's going on here? So she really credited a lot to government initiatives, pushing it through government agencies, the education, talent, upskilling side, whatever ministries in Singapore, they are really like pushing a lot of awareness They're and knowledge on it.
1: Yeah.
0: On uh, not particularly on the metaverse, but it's more like what are the latest yeah, technologies yeah. out there and why you better just go and like be involved somehow or other. I'm not asking you to pay money to to join and things like that, right? So that got me really deeply thinking a lot on like adoption or so because I already know the advantages of the Metaverse. I know my Metaverse is easy to adopt. The killer question right now that we are very uh, poised to do this year, even for VTF, is how are we going to ensure that people know about it? Right, so when I took cues from that, that's so why a lot of the things I've been do, doing. I'm working very closely with MDEC, for example, on a, quite a number of like initiatives to, to grow like adoptions here. I've been meeting a lot of like government ministries, agencies, different states. I'm even going back to Sabah next week. I'm from Sabah, by the way. So finally heading back to Sabah to talk about oh this Sabahan guy is like doing this. Uh, who can I work with out there to really um, talk about adoption for these technologies? Because if you even see like Malaysia. Um, not to show true the data is, but I was looking at e-commerce adoption for Malaysian businesses for the past decade or so, right? Like, with all the initiatives that the government has been pushing to get people onto e-commerce, you know how just 10 years ago, Malaysians are so skeptical about e-commerce? It's the same thing. How how you want me to sell something online? I have my physical shop. E-commerce wasn't even a thing. And now... It goes back to like how you don't have e-commerce. Uh, you're missing out on like so many opportunities out there. I see the exact same thing in the Metaverse right now. But what really enabled Malaysian businesses and citizens to get on board is a lot of like the, the government way of like education, you know, the media talking about it. Everyone has to push it through. Because if no one's talking about it, then the industry will not grow. Mm. So according to those data I found online, Malaysia was able to push almost 900,000 SMEs to have an e commerce store in the past decade or so mm-hmm. through all this education and things like that. And when I saw that kind of adoption going on, I do see that oh that 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 is something I feel is doable also. But it's just like who is like really rallying the push and really getting all these government agencies and ministries to look at how important this is and whether I, I truly believe Metaverse is the future of the internet. It's the future of how we engage and do things on the internet, right? And Gen Z is already giving us all those data that that is how the future generation is going to engage on the internet. Mm. Just like how websites wasn't here before. Mm. E-commerce wasn't here before. And now everyone has to go abroad, right? So a few things that I've seen working very well with overseas, it's like North South Korea, Japan, uh, Saudi Arabia, all have launched their national metaverse policies. You i them already talking about, oh, government's going to fo- allocate this much of budget. We're going to do it. And Singapore already has it. Like They already have so many grants, education. Everyone's just talking about it. So, uh, I feel that as one of the earlier people to try and make this an entire industry by itself in Malaysia and put Malaysia in a Southeast Asian map as oh we are like a metaverse first country for example because no one in Southeast Asia has been claiming that title yet Mm. so I am really uh, like, like my vision for the next two years to come is to hopefully enable a lot of like, education and awareness of why do businesses need this technology how do you going to get on it easily and what are the, like, the benefits that you can actually derive out of it mm. so that will be uh, um, some of the initiatives that our uh, final words are like, in terms of how I want to tell people like you know even listeners out there that have no idea okay you, you might not still know what is it after this episode but you know just go out there check our website check like the different different sources about it and really understand how this can benefit you because if you're not onto it already I'm, I'm going to say that you're going to be left out a lot in yeah. Wonderful.
1: Jason, thank you very much for joining us today. Yep, thank you. thanks Richard. It's always great to be back here. Folks, I've been in the studio with Jason Lowe, the co-founder of Virtual Tech Frontier, a company that's been building metaverses for brands like Patronus, Mercedes, and a few others. Of course, they've recently launched MitoWorld.io, a metaverse building platform where you can build your own metaverse with a simple drag and drop method. If you missed any part of this show, don't forget you can download the podcast. It's available a little later on. I recommend you use the BFM app. It's available in the Apple App Store and Google Play. For Tech Talk, I'm Rich Bradbury here on BFM 89.9